You are listening to the No People Pleasing Zone. If you're ready to unlearn people pleasing patterns and tame your fears so you can stand in your power and claim the unapologetic life you're entitled to, you're in the right place. I'm Easy Martin Chan. Let's get started. What if there were a place where certain absurd, strange, odd, and illogical behaviors were normalized. And what if you lived in this place for a long time, a very long time, so long that those illogical, odd behaviors seemed normal to you? Well, what I've just described is the people-pleasing rabbit hole. Stay tuned for today's episode because it's time to dive in and explore an absurd place with illogical behaviors. You have now entered the No People Pleasing Zone. Host Elizabeth Martin-Chan is here to pull you out of the people-pleasing rabbit hole into a world where you are priority number one. So keep those earbuds in, close the door, and claim your personal time just for you. Welcome to the No People-Pleasing Zone. I'm Elizabeth. With an open door and a full heart, I welcome you into our zone, a place where you can stay for a while, just being you, without judgment. Find whatever works in your reality to make the next 20 minutes or so your time, where you honor your wholeness by placing yourself as priority number one. So let's get at it. If you've been in my community for any length of time, you've probably picked up that I'm Canadian. But I'm also an immigrant. I came to Canada as a child, and there were different new experiences. Unlike my immigrant peers, I knew the language, and I hadn't come from someplace with significant economic, political, or cultural differences. I moved to Canada from the United States. But truthfully, the kind of differences I experienced could also have been experienced just by moving from the East Coast or to the West Coast, or from rural to urban, or from Great Lakes to prairies. And yet there were differences. And that made me aware that I didn't always understand context. Sometime in my first year living in Canada, I have this vivid, vivid memory of standing around a TV with my mom and my sister, and we were flipping channels, trying to choose something to watch. Now, there was a time when you actually had to physically touch and turn a dial, yes, an actual dial on a television to change the channels. And you also kept going over the same channels over and over again, because there were somewhere in the range of four or five, maybe six channels that you could watch at most. Anyway, there we stood watching grown men locked shoulder to shoulder on some sport where the ball was thrown into this space that they created 
between them and their feet, their feet, they started moving wildly until the ball was grabbed by someone outside of this strange human structure. We all thought it was rather amusing. Um, well, my mother had a big sense of humor, so that was probably at play at that moment. But it wasn't like any sport I'd ever seen before. I had no context for understanding. I, I later learned and actually learned quite a bit about this sport. It's called rugby. And this strange human structure that was constructed was a scrum. And the ball was fed into the tunnel which is part of the process of the play of the game of rugby. So once I had this context, once I knew the language, once I had an understanding of the game, I could participate in conversations. And I no longer stood by my television actually laughing at them. I could be on the same page with a common understanding of what was going on. Have you ever heard me use the term the people-pleasing rabbit hole. You probably have if you've been in my orbit for any period of time. This term arose in the midst of a conversation. I was being pressed to explain the people that I work with. And I kept describing the gut-wrenching pain, the behaviors and the characteristics of being a people-pleaser. And the person just wasn't getting it. And they kept saying, well, how does a client know? How does a potential client know that you, that they're somebody that is a people pleaser? And I found myself saying, well, sometimes we're so far down the people pleasing rabbit hole, we don't even know it. And you know what? There's so much truth in that layers of truth. And I've been using the term ever since. It's textured, it's complex, it's layered, and it's very much the kind of disguise that happens. If we're going to talk about people-pleasing here in the no people-pleasing zone, we need context. Just like watching a rugby game, it requires context, language, and understanding of the game. Exploring the territory of people-pleasing and finding meaningful action to create change in our lives requires some common context. And I don't always do things the way other people do. I've discovered I'm a bit of a rebel. I'm actually a bit of a disruptor. But that's neither here nor there. My goal today is to get clear with you about this term that I use, the people-pleasing rabbit hole. And then let's explore a few characteristics that we can find down that hole. Have you ever noticed that other people tend to refer to people-pleasing behaviors and the unwantedness of these behaviors? Unwantedness, is that a word? Well, it's going to be today. There's a kind of judgment, judgy, judginess in that language. Not sure judginess is a word either. Okay, so there's the language of using people-pleasing behaviors, kind of, and then indicating that those are behaviors that are not desirable, is we can be kind of judgy about that. And that gets me curious. What does that do internally 
when you definitely recognize that these behaviors exist in you, I think it makes you feel kind of like a part of you is wrong. Sure, it's true that we might want and even need to alter our behaviors. We may have this huge desire to change, but no one wants to feel like there's something wrong with themselves. In fact, it's a good part of the reason we ended up down the people-pleasing rabbit hole in the first place. We didn't want to feel like something about us is wrong. That is the criticism, criticism we've been trying to avoid our whole lives. Humans, like any species, have an evolutionary need to survive. As young humans, we instinctively sought out ways to feel safe in our environment. Because that's what seems more promising towards survival, right? We want to feel safe and we want to feel comfortable. And if we've never learned that internal discomfort can still be safe, we may have ended up down the people-pleasing rabbit hole. But that doesn't mean that a part of us is wrong. It just means that what we thought was normal, self-care characteristics, probably don't serve us. Right? Those characteristics that we thought were serving us don't necessarily serve us. And they certainly, as we move into adulthood, probably don't serve us. And the most important message that I want to get across to you, that I'm always trying to get across to you, is that you are whole. There's nothing wrong with you the way that you are. Sometimes I call this radical self-love. Because sometimes there are parts of us that are hard to love. I'm always striving to use language that moves away from framing things in a way that feels judgy. And that's the beauty of the term people-pleasing rabbit hole. It's a place. It's not your behaviors. It's not your characteristics that are wrong. It's the way things are done down that hole, down that people-pleasing rabbit hole. So, of course, you do it. It's normalized. The rabbit hole. Well, these days, it's really common to refer to the rabbit hole when we lose a few hours of our lives following an idea, a thread through the web of what's called the internet, right? We, we often say, I got stuck in the rabbit hole in the internet. And it's actually kind of a beautiful thing. It takes up a lot of time, but the way knowledge can twist and turn on the internet is, is something really unique. It's different than when we used to go to books to read about something. I mean, we may follow the rabbit hole of the author, but the internet actually allows us to go to jump from article to article to article. You don't actually know where you're going. But my use of the term rabbit hole within the term people-pleasing rabbit hole beckons back to the literary work, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. There's a lot more nuance to pick up in the meaning here. 
And if you don't know anything about the book, all you really need to know is that Alice was this curious girl and she followed a strange rabbit that was carrying a pocket watch who kept saying he was late. And she followed him down a rabbit hole. And what she discovered was there was this world that seemed absurd and illogical. And the longer she stayed and the more adventures she had there, the more clear it was that it was an absurd, strange world. That's the model, the understanding, the context of the people-pleasing rabbit hole. It's an absurd place where we behave in absurd, illogical ways, illogical for our own well-being. When I refer to the people-pleasing rabbit hole, I'm talking about a place that normalizes behaviors that don't make logical sense. The place, the place is is our society, our culture, which normalizes behaviors. The behaviors, oh, there's so many, but let's take a look at a few of them. And what makes those behaviors absurd and illogical? The ultimate personal impact or cost that they have. So on the surface, it's illogical and absurd to behave in in these manners because they have a personal cost. And yet they're normalized within our society. So in the people-pleasing rabbit hole, we do them. So let's see if any of these three common characteristics found that found down the people-pleasing rabbit hole are familiar to you. Do you make yourself available always to others when they need help? What happens when a colleague at work hasn't done work required to meet a deadline? Do you step forward, put yourself putting in extra time to do what needs to be done. Maybe you internally justify it for the greater good. I mean, the work has to be done for the success of the business. So if that colleague's not going to do it, you take up the slack. There's a place in our society that encourages this behavior. It views you as helpful and kind, which is valued. It's judged as being a positive thing, but it also comes at a cost especially as it's usually as it usually isn't a one off right it's it you you become always available if it's just a one off then yeah you are kind to help out in a particular situation but if you're doing it over and over and over it's a repetitive behavior that you have you're always making yourself available well that's going to start to build up It can have the cost of making you tired, even exhausted. And it also means you don't have time for your own needs. You neglect yourself. You don't have time to do what you want to do. And you might even have a sense of being a martyr. Over the long term, it can cause burnout. Your body ends up holding stress, and that impacts your physical or mental health. Okay, so the second characteristic I often see is, are you unable to say no? Let's say you have a next door neighbor who lives alone with her seven cats 
And she keeps coming to you over and over to help her with things. She doesn't know how to do things on her computer. And you said once, yes, you would help her with a driver's license renewal because it had to be done on the computer and, you know, you're able to do it. And it didn't seem like such a big deal. But there's a discomfort in denying her request when she comes to you again and again. Maybe she seems a little sad and you don't want to be the one or maybe yet another person in her life to say no. So instead, you keep saying yes. This people-pleasing rabbit hole society sends the message that saying no is selfish. It's negative. It's a negative trait. But if you're the good girl helping your neighbor, it's positive. Saying no might create conflict, which is also a negative value in our society. We, we are taught to strive for peaceful relationships. That's better than conflict. But what, what's the personal cost? You're telling, people that, but you're telling people by your actions, by your inability to say no, that they are more important than you are. Actually, you're sending a message to yourself. You're telling yourself that other people are more important than you. You're dimming your own value. You might develop a feeling of being taken advantage of. There might be building resentment, building anger. That might turn into passive-aggressive behavior, or it might turn into periodic explosions of anger um, over little things. On a deeper level, a repetitive inability to say no disconnects you from your emotions. You become disconnected from self and also disconnected from others because you don't have the capacity to, to be in deep emotional awareness of others as well as yourself. And the third people-pleasing rabbit hole characteristic that we're going to look at today is the masks. Do you find that you put on personality depending on who you're around, that your personality changes? It's kind of like you're putting on different theater masks depending on the situation. Maybe you have a mother who likes to go shopping with you on your day off. And you also have a best friend who wants to go out for dinner and dancing. All you really want to do is spend the day by yourself, driving around the country roads, enjoying the fall leaves, and discovering used bookstores. But what the society has taught you is that the correct mask to put on on your day off is shopping, dinner, and dancing. You take up the personality that the situation requires. You have a, pers a shopping personality when you're with your mom, and you have a dinner and dancing personality when you're with your, with your best friend. You don't want conflict because that's what's frowned upon in our society. Society likes shoppers. They like socializers. There might be some negative messaging around loners and introverts that don't sit so nicely. But once again, there's a cost. 
And the cost is that you are being someone else. And over time, you lose a connection with who you truly are. There's a disconnection with self. You might feel like your gifts and your passions and your dreams have been left behind. Like what happened to them? Over time, you lose connection with what makes you happy. You become so used to wearing all those masks that being you feels makes you feel insecure. You lose your power and your sovereignty. Life begins to feel inauthentic. Maybe it's felt inauthentic for a long time. When you're always making yourself available, when you're not able to say no, and when you change your personality depending on who you're around, these are all behaviors that are found down the people-pleasing rabbit hole. But the thing is, when we begin to accept these behaviors as what we need to do in the people-pleasing rabbit hole and see that there are other options, we can give ourselves grace for who we are. We can love that we were able to be like that in the people-pleasing rabbit hole because we recognize that we can begin to explore how to climb out of the people-pleasing rabbit hole. And we, that will give us the space to have different ways of behaving, to be more true to who we are. So I've got this term, the people-pleasing rabbit hole, and it's a term that provides a certain context. It's a languaging that I use with a purpose so that we can have a common understanding of the game so we can participate in dialogue and find our way out of this absurd and illogical way of being. And it's time to treat ourselves as priority number one. I'm so glad you joined me today in the No People Pleasing Zone. If you found value today and haven't yet subscribed or followed the podcast, why don't you press that subscribe button now so that you don't miss another episode? Next week, we're going to explore our relationship with one of those voices in our head, the inner critic. So I'll see you next time in the No People Pleasing Zone. If living outside of the people-pleasing rabbit hole resonates with you, hop on over to reclaimingselfacceptance.com to receive your free copy of Adventures in Reclaiming Your Life, Five Secrets Every People-Pleasing Woman Should Know Now. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app, and we love five-star reviews, too. Okay, beautiful rebel, that's it for this episode. I hope you found value in today's content because you are deserving of more delicious, unapologetic self-love in your life. If you want to come hang out with me on social, you can find me over on Instagram at easy.martinchan or on Facebook at Elizabeth Martin hyphen Chan. If you haven't done so already, go hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you leave us a five-star review, you'll help others discover our podcast. I'll see you next time.